0: Oh, to the most wonderful people in the world, God's people, I pray the Lord today will bless you. I pray the Lord today will speak to you. This is a very important, important half hour between us today, because I want to talk to you about not only what's happening in the world, but the solution to it. And the solution is you and me. The church is the solution. Listen to these. Uh, bone-chilling headlines here. I'm looking at Fox News on my phone. UN warns just how close the world is to a nuclear clash as tensions escalate. Not good news for the world, is it? People are afraid everywhere, but we the church will triumph because we are God's people, the church. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And I want to talk to you about what do we do as believers now to to bring victory to the hearts of God's church and people everywhere. A lot of you have been been following uh, our ministries programs on social media and on TV lately. And I think it's time for us to have a heart-to-heart talk about waking up. I'm calling this message, Awake, Awake. Let's pray, dear Jesus. I pray you'll speak to everyone right now, Lord. Lord, my God, let them see the opportunity you have given us right now to win the lost, to see revival in the church, in the glorious name of Jesus, to win souls for you. God Almighty made a covenant with Abraham. As a result, he became a great intercessor. We have a covenant with God. If you read Genesis 17, and you look at verse 1, 2, and 3, it says God made a covenant at that time with Abram, who became later Abraham for it says in Genesis 17:2 and I will make my covenant between me and thee. But what happened later? What happened later is we see this man who was in covenant with God having a most incredible God-given opportunity. And now he drew near to the Lord And the Lord was on his way to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, if you remember, in Genesis 18. And the Lord said in verse 17, shall I hide from Abraham the thing which I do, seeing that Abraham will surely become a great nation, a mighty nation. Wow. Now, before Abraham could begin interceding, it says in verse 23, and Abraham drew near. And said, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked, Lord? It's not like you to do that. What gave Abraham such confidence to draw near to the Lord? Why would God say, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Covenant, covenant. You and I have the same covenant today with God Almighty. And it's time to wake up. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter five, I'm gonna read together with you, verse 14, because it's a very revealing verse. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give the light. What is this telling me? It is telling me that a a sleeping believer is compared to a dead sinner. I'm gonna say it again. A sleeping Christian is compared to a dead sinner because it says awake, thou that sleepest and arise from what? Arise from the dead. Well, who are the dead? Not the believers, but the sinners. So a sleeping Christian is no different than a dead sinner. It's now time to wake up and pray. And when we pray, the power of God will be released through the church. And that whole situation will calm down in Europe when we pray. And only when we pray. The situation now is getting so tense, it could begin a war with Europe. And later with the world. Because America would have to get in then, and other countries. Prayer can stop it now. It was praying women that saved England from Hitler. That's history. Praying women saved thousands and thousands of soldiers from Dunkirk in the Second World War. It was praying women. Now we have to learn the lesson of the church historically. What changed the world? The prayer that God's people offered in times of crisis in the past. And now we can pray. We have the power of God. Nothing is impossible with God. Not to God, with God. God never said nothing is impossible to God. He said with God, nothing impossible with God means God needs a partner. God needs someone that he can use. And that's us. With God means partnership. Like Abraham joined partnership with God. Now, if people do not pray, well, then here's what the Bible says. Amos 6.1 says, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Meaning judgment will fall on people. Inside the church I'm talking about, who just decide, I'm not going to pray. But it's time to pray, saints. Look what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 10. Very, very powerful scriptures here. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse five. It says this, he that gathers in summer is a wise son, but he that sleeps in the harvest is a son that causes what? Shame. I believe those today who refuse to pray will be put to shame. but there is power in prayer, we all know that. Let me give you another scripture, Proverbs 23, 21. These are very powerful warnings to individuals who are not praying now. And I love you so much that I want you now to be used of God because you have the power to do it. You are the church. I'm not talking to the world, I'm talking to God's people. That church, the world is now watching me. God's people are watching me. Look what it says in verse twenty-one. For the drunkard, this is Proverbs twenty-three twenty-one. For the drunkard, and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe, shall clothe a man with what rags. So when people are not praying, they will lose with God. It's time to wake up saints of God. It's time to do what God has asked all of us to do. Do you remember Samson? What happened to Samson when he slept and Delilah cut his hair off and he lost everything. So, why? Well, first of all, power with God. We are God's people. And it's not only important now to pray, it's important to fast. Very important to fast. Because fasting increases prayer by tenfold. Fasting increases the power of prayer by tenfold. Hallelujah. Do you know know why uh, Adam and Eve lost authority? It wasn't about food really. It was about obedience. It says in verse in, in verse six of Genesis three, you can go with me to Genesis three, verse six and seven. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did what? Eat and give also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. They knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together. Made themselves aprons. But they lost. So obey the flesh. Obedience to the flesh is what this is all about. It's not about eating and not eating. They obeyed the flesh. And what happened when they obeyed the flesh? They became, the Bible says, idol worshippers. Did you know that that's really what the problem was here? Because they submitted to the flesh. They worshiped the flesh. Look at verse six, when the woman saw that the tree was good for what? Food, the flesh. It was pleasant to the eyes, the flesh. A tree to be desired by the flesh to make one wise, wisdom world of wisdom. Then she took off the food. But the whole thing was, the flesh was being fed. Not just food. The flesh was being fed. The world. The world. In other words, the carnal world out there. Took hold of them. It was not food that did it. It was disobedience to God it was obedience to the flesh and obedience to the the flesh makes people idol worshipers that's by the way in first corinthians chapter 10 if you really want to know let's go there first corinthians 10 and verse 7 that's what it says neither be idolaters as were some of them as it is written what did they do the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. (laughs) They were eating and drinking, having a lovely time. But what did the Bible call them? Idol worshipers. Neither be idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink. So Adam and Eve sat down to eat and they began worshiping the flesh And lost the blessings of God all right it's time to restore our dominion but first I want to show you second Peter because this is this is the deadliest thing of all right now because people don't realize that neglecting time with the Lord today is going to be very costly second Peter 2 I'm gonna read verse 19 that says, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. So uh, here, here, here we see that the first Adam failed because he gave himself to the world, to the flesh. Of whom a man is overcome, he was overcome by the flesh, the same is brought into bondage to the flesh. But the last Adam, Jesus, that's what I'm going to focus on right now. Because Jesus understood the power of fasting. Can you imagine being in a desert? Just think if this was you. You are in a desert. And by the way, I'm going to Luke 4. And no food or water or sleep for 40 days. What would your body feel like at that time? No food, no water, no sleep. Jesus understood the power of fasting. Adam lost dominion eating and Jesus received it fasting. You like that, Chad? Adam lost dominion. He already had dominion and he lost it When he ate, Jesus is in the desert. And when did he receive dominion? While he was fasting, he's our example. Adam is not our example. The Lord Jesus is our our example. And here he was in the wilderness, in the desert, fasting 40 days, 40 nights, no sleep too. And he conquered. I love verse one, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, 40 days, tempted of the devil. But what was the secret? Full of the Holy Spirit. Only people full of the Holy Spirit can really fast, can really triumph. In those days, he did, he he ate nothing. In those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, He afterward hungered. Now the devil tempts him. You all know the story. But I love verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. He came in full of power. He went out full of power because he understood fasting. Fasting. He didn't lose the power. And he received dominion with such glory. It says a fame that went out of fame of him through all that region ran about. And what was the next thing we see in Luke? Is when he stands there in the synagogue and says in verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance of the captives, recovery of sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I'm reading Luke 4. He goes into the desert, full of the Holy Spirit. He fasts 40 days, 40 nights, no sleep. He understood the power of it too. He comes out of temptation, in verse 14 still full of the power of the holy spirit and what does it say the spirit of the lord is upon me now he's anointed me he received dominion and you will too as we all get on our knees right now and pray but let's talk about fasting a little more okay why why fast what like what's the real key here because when when we can control our appetite That's when we can control the flesh king. People who cannot control their appetite cannot control the flesh. People who can fast can control the flesh. Please hear me out. I fast every day, every day. At what time do I eat every, at what time do I eat every day? What's my first meal, Chad? 3.30 every day. That's, my first meal is at 3.30. I don't eat anything before 3.30. I've been doing it for years. I eat two meals a day. My first at 3.30 and then my dinner about eight 8.30. That's it. So I fast in the morning and that's when I pray. That's when I seek the Lord. Because I've been fasting all morning. Because I learned years ago, fast and pray, because that's the secret to intensifying prayer tenfold. I read a book by uh, Gord Lindsay years ago on that, who started Christ for the Nations in Dallas. And I was convinced reading his book, that the power of fasting intensifies the power of prayer by tenfold. If you really wanna, If you really want to see power in your life, do what I'm doing. You don't have to eat every morning. Sometimes just, you know, I do it every day, every day, including weekends. But at least you can do it maybe once or twice a week. You'll see the difference. You'll see the difference. And I think time, the time has come we fast and pray because when we can control our appetite, we can control the flesh. And I call that the flesh king. (laughs) flesh king. how oh, we need to get rid of that one. Because if we can't control the, the, the flesh, if we cannot control the flesh, then we will always move into what Jeremiah 5 talks about. Let's look at Jeremiah 5 quickly. This is kind of a, a scary verse for people that don't know how to control their flesh. Jeremiah 5, 7, how shall I pardon thee for this? Thy children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. Watch this, when I have fed them to the full, in other words, when they began eating, they committed what? Adultery. They committed adultery. People who cannot control the flesh king will commit adultery. You say, well, I've never heard that before. Well, it's right there. Jeremiah 5, 7 says, when people cannot control the flesh, they commit adultery. Maybe you know someone like that. Let me show you something else. And I'm talking here about controlling the flesh. If people cannot control the flesh, they are in trouble. Fasting controls the flesh. I pray the Lord is speaking to people right now, to you right now, about praying and fasting for not just the situation in Russia and Ukraine, but for the church especially around the world. Deuteronomy 32, 32, verse 15. Hallelujah, Lord, I give you praise for your word. The Bible talks about everything, people. I, everything you want is in the Bible. Verse 15, but... Jeshurun, which is another name for Israel, by the way, Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art wax and fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness, meaning a lot of eating and no control of the flesh. Then he forsook God. Then he forsook God. Meaning when people do not control the flesh, they will end up what? Forsaking the Lord. Not only adultery, but forsaken the Lord. Paul, Paul understood the power of fasting because I believe that's what he really meant in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 27. When he said, I put my body under subjection. I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. All right. It's time to put the flesh under subjection. It's time to fast. It's time to pray. It's time to believe God for miracles in your life and in the church and bring peace to the situation in Europe. Because I don't believe this is the time for a nuclear war. I don't believe this is God's time because the rapture must happen first before that happens. I think the devil is trying to accelerate prophecy to to destroy the second coming, but he won't win. Because see, everything has to happen on time, on God's calendar. And I want you to join me every day in prayer that God Almighty will intervene in the situation in Europe, but especially use it to bring restoration to the church. All right, let's pray just right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's agree. Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray that the situation in Europe will come down. You'll intervene, Lord. There will not be a world war. There will not be a nuclear war. No, no, and no, in Jesus' name. We pray your will be done. And Lord, we pray that the church, your church will arise And a mighty revival will begin in the church. And a great day of restoration begins in the church. And through the church, Lord, you'll bless millions. And I pray millions will be saved in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Now don't leave me. I have written a book called Mysteries of the Anointed. You can pre-order this book now from Amazon or bookstores. This was published by Charisma, by Charisma House. My friend, Steve Strang and his people published it for me. It's a very important book. It talks about the difference between the anointing in you and the one on you. In fact, the the three anointings, I explained the three major rivers of the anointing. The one from 1 John 2, 27, which is within you and other scriptures the one of Acts 1.8, which comes upon people for ministry, and Isaiah 10.27, which is the anointing that is released on nations. God uses that to raise nations and destroy nations, and the church today can use that anointing to bring change to the world as we pray. So get this book today, Mysteries of the Anointing. You can pre-order it. It'll be in bookstores, by the way, April, the first week in April, and on Amazon. And now, it's time to sow seed in the Lord's work. And I'm gonna keep you updated as the Lord speaks to me on what's going on. But right now, it's time to give. It's time to sow seed in the work of the Lord. We need to get the gospel out today to people that are so frightened of the future. This is our moment, this is our day. This is our opportunity to get the gospel out. So let's do it together in Jesus' mighty name. And secure your future financially by giving. I'm telling you, I'm, I've told you all already, I'm gonna tell you again, you cannot be blessed in the future financially if you don't sow today. Because you know, when God blesses people when things are good, they'll never recognize his hand. But when God blesses people, when things are gonna crumble, ah, they say, it's only God can do that. I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor the seed begging for bread. I've told you this a million times already. It's time to believe the word of God. It's time to do Ecclesiastes 11.2. Increase your seed and protect yourself from evil, financial evil. Okay, you can do it right now on the platform you're watching me on, or go to our website, benin.org or simply text. BHM 45777. Much love to you. I'll see you again tomorrow. I'll be in the car tomorrow again. I think you sweet people love it when I'm in the car because you send me comments on how you like it. All right. Much love. Bye-bye.